What up, Food Beast? Welcome to the first episode of The Catch-Up, our uh, new weekly show where we're going to be dissecting the top food news trends in the world. And uh, I felt I felt proper. Fuck you guys. You can't. <laughs> the world. world. It's in the world. This world. Is a, this and is your world. Thing. Your world of Southern California. This is the worldly podcast. Um, anyways, I'm joined today by uh, Chef Jason Quinn. I had to add the chef in front of his name because he uh, owns a restaurant called Playground. That's where. Uh, give, give us your backstory real quick. Uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, five years now. Playground. We got Playground 2.0 that turns four tomorrow, actually. Uh, so we're going to be uh, going big tomorrow night. And uh, yeah, I've been, I've been had the luck of uh, hanging out with you for the last five years down the street. And you, uh, we could say that you attributed to our success, right? You blasted us at the beginning. And uh, we'll just say that it was Food Beast related. Oh shit, this whole podcast turned into a fluff piece. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that's the last uh, one. So we're in, uh, we're in Orange County. I met Jason at, um, as after you were on Food Network and then won the uh, Great Food Truck Race. Yeah. Yep. And then uh, used that money and your skills. Yes, $27,000 was t- enough to open all a restaurant. 27 grand. Full, full yeah. blown. <laughs> full blown, yes. It was that easy. But anyways, a little background, Jeff, uh, Chef Jason Quinn. Jason, you uh, famously told a Yelp reviewer to burn in hell. That's also true. After he insulted your family and the way you do business, <laughs> I believe, right? Yes. And then I feel like ever since then, your restaurant has never not been packed. Uh, it's been, yeah, it's been really nice. Yeah. Um, we also probably attribute that to you guys blasting <laughs> that story, too. There we go. There we go. Um, and so uh, to my, uh, in here also, we got uh, Andy, my dear friend Andy Nguyen, co-founder after his ice cream, Pig Pen Delicy, Project Pokey. What else you run, man? Milkbox. Jeez. Neptunes, Raw Bar. Is it safe to say you're a serial restaurateur? Is that what it is? I guess. Um, your background's not restaurants, though. Definitely not restaurants. <laughs> Jason, Jason and I think both of you guys know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Came from the clothing industry. I remember when you uh, you were running your clothing shop out in Santa Ana, and I walked over, and I said, what's up? And you said, yo, I'm starting an ice cream shop. No, not quite. Not I, quite. I pitched you guys. I you said, pitched. You I pitched said, us Eli. on it. Yeah, I said you should open an ice cream store. <laughs> oh shit! You guys fucked Wait, is up that how real it, bad. Is that how? Is it that did. how it went? Because I wasn't planning to do it. I was pitch, I just had this idea in my head for a long time, and I pitched you guys. What did I say? What I'm I'm you curious. Go, you go, oh, that, that sounds I like a dope out. idea. You go, that's a pretty dope idea. And then it just kind of like fell from there. Oh my god! So guys, we heard it here first. I missed out on the Afters Ice Cream Empire. That was a was that two three years ago now. Three, we just passed our three-year mark. Three Jesus years. Christ. How many rest? How many? How many locations do you guys have now? Just opened our twelfth location. Shit. It's like people who have never opened a restaurant have no idea how much work that is. It's that's a, like. And he did it twelve times. Yeah. Just, just, and that's just the ice cream concept. But it's I think it's, just, I think it's important because, um, what really put you on the map, I feel, is your Milky Bun. Yeah, definitely the Milky Bun. Right. So if you guys aren't familiar with the Milky Bun, it's. Uh, a warm donut stuffed with ice cream. Exactly. And what's so the, uh, the first time I had one, <laughs> I was like the absolute hatred of 1,000 people, man. Um, Andy's sister used to work at Playground with us, and uh, she was working at Afters one day, the original Fountain Valley location. She was like, yeah, come through, you know. Uh, just call me when you get here. So I text her when I get there, and she just walks out, grabs my hand, and pulls me through the entire line of people straight to the front. She goes, which ones do you want here? Try this flavor. Try this. I'm like, 
holy shit, everyone here wants to kill me, man. Like, can't you just bring something out? Like, are you kidding? So I ordered as quick as possible, and I just ran outside, and uh, I was terrified because there was that many people outside who I cut in front of. Why do you think, why do you think uh, the Milky Bun took off so hard? Because Food Beast put us on. <laughs> All this shit sounds like Lady I swear to God. No, but... but Dive into the product a little bit because it's it's I think it's, it's interesting. I think it's a combination of a lot of things. It was we're riding off of the cronut just came out at that time and uh-huh. then the ramen burger picked up and on this side on the west coast there wasn't anything yet and we just like digged off that. And we we're like we're gonna create something like completely different. Yeah. Name it something like off the wall. Yeah. And see what happens. And I think I think what's interesting about about both of you guys is Jason has a successful chef-driven restaurant concept where the menu changes uh, consistently. And then on the other hand, Andy, you, for lack of better terms, you, you, you specialize in these... And like, bangers. And bangers. Like bangers. slick, one-off... And, and people, I mean, with afters, the initial criticism three years ago was like, oh, this is hype. This milky bun, this exactly. ice cream stuffed donut's gonna is a fad. So it's not going to last more than three months. I remember a couple of people told me that. Right, yeah, right. So it's going to die after three months. And, not, and then here you are. Yeah, sorry. So... Okay, and now, now that both of you guys are established, today we're talking about the sushi donut. But hold on, real quick. The the reason that there was like hype around it, or people would ever use that as a criticism or anything to say about it, is because there was a line. And when you go somewhere that there's a line of a hundred people, and you decide to wait, you have to put that decision not against the place, because it's not their fault that there's a line. People like this product. If you show up and you don't like a warm donut with ice cream inside and you waited in it, you're the asshole. Mm. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 why people have this problem is like, oh, I, if it wasn't for the two hour wait, it would have been good. Okay, well then wait until it's not a two hour wait. Sure. Come back and enjoy it as much as you want. But you chose to wait in that line. You chose to succumb to the hype. But don't but don't blame don't. that place when it doesn't live up to what you made it up to be. I think it's sick and crazy that there's a line. I'll be honest with you. I mean, at Food Beast, all we do is try to hype up very particular products, and then we geek out when there's a line. But should restaurants be given leeway then? It sounds well, like so, you're saying. Well, so much like, of the time that my wife and I would go to um, Shinsengumi right by the uh, original one. We'd have Yakitori, and we'd, we'd be driving home. We'd be like, let's get afters. And we see that there's a line out the door. we go, nah, I'd rather be home. So we go home because, like... We're not trying to sit there and wait for that experience. We know what it is. Right. You know, we, we knew we wanted it, but we also knew what was reasonable. Yeah. So that's not his fault that I waited 45 minutes. Yeah. I just, I decided that's not how much I needed it. Yeah. You know, and that's, and I know you're cool with that because you had that 45 people line wasn't going to change, you know? Exactly. So what's the balance when you have, because now what happened with the milky bun is arguably happening with the sushi donut. Yes. It's striking, pretty much striking almost the same way as as that except this is the store has been around for six months now project after, pokey has yeah. been around yeah after after is like literally like right out the gate got it got it i mean so okay so the sushi donut for context mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna pull this shit up right now because it's crazy in the past week it's been viewed across food beast buzzfeed um and business in, and insider and and instagram over 80 million times. Yikes. That's crazy. In a week. 80 million views. <laughs> I was ready for like 80,000. I, I was ready to hear yeah, that. No, no, no. 80, like yeah, that's that's why we're talking about it. Today. 80 million views is nothing to scoff at. Yeah, and that's why sure. there's a line right now out the damn door. Exactly. 
Alright, if you guys don't know what this thing is, explain the sushi donut. It's pretty much like a sushi roll in the shape of a circle. <laughs> but we fill it. So make sure you fill it. It's filled with so not just, it's so you're not just biting, not just biting rice. So okay. you fill, it's filled. It's filled with like a Tuna one's with a, a avocado for cocky in one of them. The other one's like imitation crab, and the third one is uh, spicy tuna. Okay. So it's not just pretty. It tastes. You get some flavor out of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, outside of the look, if you just hear sushi donut, you assume dough and you assume all that stuff. There's no dough involved here. No. It's, it's more just, like a sushi bagel of anything close to <laughs> but it doesn't sound as cool as sushi donut no it doesn't yeah sushi donut rings sushi donut rings so the sushi donut has had traces like of online presence for the past almost six seven months like yeah. people have been uh, there's a few other concepts that do it um but you really haven't heard of it in this gravity till I, now i saw it about i saw it about eight nine months ago like a vegetarian what they called it like the sushi donut but didn't have any fish on it oh I was yeah like, i was like oh. We need to do this. And this yeah. is when the store was originally, it was you jelly still. Right. I was pitching it to the team and everyone just laughed at me and they didn't want to do it. And I was like, all right. And so I guess, you know, we got to this point and the team was talking about doing a new product and I pitched some, I pitched it again and this time they gave it a try. What's the feedback they gave you? You have partners and you're like, yeah, I'm going to do a sushi donut. What? They said, fuck you or what? The other ones? Yeah. They got, they well, got what, what, why, why didn't they let a sushi donut make it to the, make it to the menu? I don't think they could, they they didn't think we could streamline it well enough because it's pretty labor intensive to make to make each one. It's not like you just toss things on. You have to carefully put everything on to make it look good because right. visually, that's what you want it to look like, a piece of art. Right, 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 yeah. right. You haven't tried it yet, right? I haven't. I haven't tried it either, um, which is funny that we're, we're discussing it in length. But um, I'm going to bring this up real quick. So that stellar organization that we always uh, this is it. talk this about. This is food it. Beast. This is the food beast. Stellar organization. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think man. that food beast is synonymous with professionalism and organization. And... There's just too much weed going around in this room. <laughs> That's what's going on. It's your, go. it's, yeah, it's your 2.5 gram mints. <laughs> <laughs> Milligram mints. They're I killing was, him. For those of you two. listening, Eli had a couple uh, THC mints he's freaking out of. I thought it was a real he, mint. Got me. No, 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 no. Keep oh, it really? Keep it when he gave it to me, he wanted a mint. I was like, wait a minute. No. <laughs> oh, here it is. It's been open the whole time, guys. This is what's going on. That's why. See? Hold that, up, that's right here. Mints. This is what... Okay, guys, we're trying these new uh, cannabis mints today also. Ketchup talking points. Yeah, ketchup talking points. Okay, so yeah, uh, you said you saw there's a vegan version of it on on Instagram. I think that's the first one that yeah. first started making its rounds. Then Whole Foods picked it up. Whole Foods did, did a I? recipe and showed how to make the sushi donut. Um, did they also stuff theirs? I don't think so. No. I don't know. That Just us. Ignoring the Just innovation. <laughs> okay, so here's here's where I feel guilty. Okay, I feel guilty about promoting something like the sushi donut, and I'm gonna tell you why. Because I have quotes on two chefs at least two chefs in my inbox that have said, fuck you, Eli, quote unquote, and stop promoting sushi donuts and then stop promoting shit with flaming Hot Cheetos on it. So I asked why. And uh, all, the only hint I'm going to get is that it was a gentleman. And the gentleman tells me that as a chef, he's being degraded every time he sees flaming Hot Cheetos on a product and that we give that shine as opposed to anything else. Will you clarify that it's not me? It's not Jason. <laughs> no. It's not Jason. I didn't for sure. I don't it's not email you. <laughs> no, no. J- Jason sends texts. Um, so uh, the text was from Jason. It said, fuck you. No. Um, 
how do you so like j- just on the hot Cheetos alone, which is just this kind of food fuckboy trend? There's there's hot Cheetos on a cheesesteak bowl from the Croft. Yeah. Right. That's just one. There's the hot Cheetos bagel from some bagel nook in New Jersey. There's the hot Cheetos pokey burrito, um, and there's hot Cheetos pizza. I feel at any pizza place that will do it and just wants a quick viral exchange on Instagram. How do you feel about shit like that, Jason? Uh, if I'm being honest, I was zoning off a little bit. What's up? <laughs> <I> was, uh... <laughs> yo, yo, three minutes in and Jason Listen, through just the say room. it again. I was like looking no, okay. at your next how do you, step. How do you feel about people on uh, putting hot Cheetos on things? Other restaurateurs oh putting hot Cheetos um, on Holy shit. Uh, well, we're not going to do it, but that doesn't mean we haven't done it. <laughs> you haven't put hot Cheetos? No, we might have. I mean, we've made a lot of different shit, man. Yeah. We have. <laughs> I'd like to think we haven't, but either way, like, you know, there's a novelty factor behind it that if that's the type of place you want to be, go ahead, but you should get over it. You food, should. Food beasts should get over yeah, it. Yeah, like, you've you've covered it to ad nauseum. I mean, it's like you're you're making it a thing when it, it shouldn't be a thing. You know, you guys need to define that this stuff is just, it's a joke, right? Like, I mean... Sure, I mean, we're not treating it as, it's as that, something that should be covered on chef's table. No, but, you're right, but right. it's, but yeah, but like, it's the... Uh, it's people trying to go out and, and nail these things when, you know, Andy's the only guy who can do it. You know? Sure, and, not everyone's and, doing it right. So yeah, no, but it's like it. people are people are going out there and they're like, you know, searching for being the next big thing in one category and they're basing their whole business around one item. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm not even saying that it was bad, but I had like uh, somewhere in Fountain Valley, I don't even remember the name, or Westminster, oh, a churro just... bowl. <laughs> Right? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Bowl, right? Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've had the puffle at the cauldron, which to be fair, that is for me like one of the best values. The puffle. Yeah, the, the puffle's great. That's the one lot. of the best values. Yeah. And to, they're like criminally underselling themselves too because that experience at Creamistry is like almost twice the price. And mm-hmm. you know, anyway, the. Um, and the ice cream's fire there. Yeah, it's really good. No, so it's really good. good. And the puffle's a great, a great category. But the problem is, everyone's sitting there going, okay, well, like, I want to get that next little nuance uh, group. And if you miss a little bit, you've just spent like all this money to get into your product. And maybe even a good one, like, I don't think that the Milky Bun or the Puffle are uh, worse in any way than this um, churro bowl that I had. But I feel like that churro bowl, how are they going to make it? You know, it's like you have so many other competitors in that thing, and that's all they base their business around this one vessel Mm -hmm. and if that vessel isn't the most popular one on the market you know you die in in six to nine months i think that's really interesting because the idea of this new age kind of flash in the pan style restauratorship um is really one it's exciting but it's also scary for a restaurateur because for example afters and even project pokey to extent it's not one item that you go like you're an ice cream shop first it just happened to have the milky bun. Yeah, but bun if you don't like the milky bun, there's other you're going to you're going to other ice cream places because then you don't have to sit there and be in the clusterfuck of people who are True. going for the milky buns. You don't have to sit through that whole dance unless you really love like one of those flavors yeah. and that's what you want to get. But for the most part, you probably don't have a lot of those people going. True, true. Um, but then like but you mentioned like Project Pokey. How were things the six months before you guys launched the sushi donut? It was just an experience. You know, we still had sushi burritos or we had the poke bowls. But yeah. It was all about you know, keeping the quality. Yeah. Working with good ingredients that we were doing there. And with our brands, it's more of a lifestyle. The, the brands we bring in, you know, that we introduce. Yeah. Because you got the, the vibe, the music, the product, the marketing. Like, everything ties in together. It's not just putting out product in it. It just works. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are doing a fair amount of, I feel like, Instagram market research. We, we test it. We play with it a yeah. lot. We do our research. Yeah, me, Scott, and Jed, we, we yeah. usually test things out yeah. often. Because yeah. Jed, I mean, Jed opened up the Loop Churros, which right. is, again, 
highly, I mean, he's banking that people are going to not only love churros and want to shop only about churros, but they're going to want to love his churros. And so, like, if that shit doesn't work, it's not like you're not going to go there, like you said, for the ice cream. Yeah. At the Loops Churro. Um, That's, I mean, that's cool, but I I don't know where that, I think the guilt that I'm still talking about on the Food Beast end is the other chefs that are just want to make good, wholesome food and they might not have a quote unquote flash in the pan thing on their menu. I'm trying to decide if I should feel guilty about talking or not talking about them because from a media side, give me an angle. Well, there are, there are great dishes that you are completely ignoring. Sure. Oh, and fair. there, well, though, let's put this way. There are way more great dishes than you're ignoring than good dishes than you're promoting. Sure. You know, and it's like you, that's, but that's frankly what your brand is, is like, Highlighting the people who are going out on a limb and serving these things that are, you know, for every one of these people that are serving these one-off bangers, there's, you know, 9 to 10 to 20 people who try and miss and just float, you know, come right underneath your radar yeah. and, and don't get picked up and struggle and try and try and try. And, and then, at the, you know, at the very end, your only option there is, okay, well, maybe we have to serve sandwiches too and maybe we have to do this and you just become, you know. You kind of, for- it almost, media almost forces them to create a menu that they maybe didn't want yeah exactly you know um that's i mean that that still makes it makes us guilty of something you guys are sinners to the 10th degree (laughs) man there's no there's no hiding behind that sure i mean but what what advice could we give restaurateurs that you know i i think about that all the time and my guilty response back to them is like well how how do we get featured on foodies is like well give me a headline and you know they either go back to the drawing board and they come back with a headline, or they're targeting the they're targeting the wrong the wrong audience. Though. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're wanting to make well, you know uh, yeah, if you're wanting that's the type of food that Food Beast promotes is. Mm-hmm. You so know, they should have hit up Food and Wine and just asked for a deeper dive. At, at that point, I guess yeah. I mean, it depends if if we're talking about that category of chefs, sure. you know. Sure, 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 sure. If if I'm bummed that you're not covering the dishes I'm making, like I'm not complaining to you. Yeah. You know like. Well, for example, I mean, your restaurant stays, I think there's advice you could potentially give because Playground stays packed and, you know, Food Beast. And I don't feel there's tons of social conversation necessarily about the Playground. I think it comes down to the fact that you could have come to Playground any time in the last five years. If you enjoyed yourself, you could come back tomorrow and have a completely different experience on the plate than you did any time that you've came in the last five years. Yeah. So if you liked it once, you are going to get similar but different the next time it's always a new experience and we have a lot of people who i mean we have one family i can think of in particular that has had a reservation every friday since we've opened now they haven't necessarily come to every single one but we pencil it in six o'clock party at four we know they're coming and they call us if they're not but i mean it's like those are right right there is proof that you can come back and have you know the time that you liked in the sense of service and hospitality and our style and New dishes all the time because that's that was our mission statement. You know, let's make new dishes all the time. Let's learn a lot about food, and you know we've obviously learned a lot in five years, and uh, mostly what, what not to serve. You know, yeah. Um, but yeah, now we're finding ourselves in a situation where we're wanting to get better at the dishes that we're making. So they're staying a little bit longer on, but yeah. we still are making daily reprints, daily changes. I remember when you first opened, you had this burger that was on the menu. Yeah. Called the playground burger. Yeah, we had to dance around some, uh, some wordings. Some wordings of the, yeah. What was it called again? Uh, I mean, it had multiple names. It was just you know playground burger at first. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it got to the point where it would have to be like, 
you know, you're prove that you're cool or something like that, you yeah, know, yeah. just basically because we were only going to cook it medium rare and health department said that we had to uh, give people the, the choice. And we said, well, if that's, you know, if they're ordering a medium rare burger, then that's the choice they've made. And they're like, uh, yeah, okay, maybe just take it off. So we took it off the menu. And if people ask for the burger, we go, okay, cool. We're going to make the burger that we've always made. That's funny that that's why you took it off. I always heard, and I, I remember... Well, it's a multitude of reasons. Well, right? I remember, I mean, too, when I went in and I would bring in friends and I would be like, you guys... Ten burgers! Yeah, you got it. Yeah, we would order ten burgers to the table. And I remember you get this look in your eye, you're like, dude, fuck, there's awesome shit on the menu. Go yeah, you know, but you guys, frankly, to be fair, you guys would always get other stuff, too. Like, true, true, you know, true, but, true. But you're right that that is, you know, really the nightmare experience for someone coming to that restaurant is walk in, have a burger, have a glass of water, have a beer, whatever, and then thank you, have a good night, and leave. Yeah, That's a nightmare experience for you? Yeah, 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 that is like... Because they didn't touch anything on the menu. Well, no, because, you know, well, A, you know, we were talking right before this started, but that was a burger that we felt we could sell for $16 maximum, and it was costing us, you know, at its peak, $9 to produce each one. That is That is the worst thing for a restaurant, right? And no one is going to happily sit there and pay for a $34 burger, which frankly is what something that usually costs that much should be sold for. And we didn't frankly either feel good about doing that either, but at the end of the day, the economics of going out and eating at a restaurant where there's a full uh, kitchen staff of people who are salaried employees, you know, our, our yearly wage for chefs is $700,000 for our restaurant, right? That's how much we have to pay our entire team. So when you're coming to a restaurant like that, you need to spend a minimum of $35. That is like the only way that we can actually have a chance to profit or even break even that night is if we're getting that per person. So selling a $15 burger is horrible on the food cost account and on the cost per seat that we need from each person to maintain the business that we do. And, you know, that's a, that's a brutal reality. And that frankly is like the only thing that hurts our, our business about sushi donuts is if there's that much raw fish that you can get for this $4.50 price point and then we're the assholes when it's $25 for six slices of bluefin otoro that's $45 a pound. Yeah. You know, because on a certain level people see, oh, there's some raw tuna, there's some raw tuna. What's the difference? Yeah, I mean, like, well, you know, why? The experience. The experience, yeah, exactly. Like, and, you know, we're sitting there with a $500 Yanagiba slicing this tuna to order, weighing it out on a fucking scale and plating it and drizzling it with $100 a bottle of soy sauce from Japan. And people go, well, this is too expensive. Yeah. And you're like, well, shit, why, how, why is that? And it's like, well, because there are these fish options for 450 Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, I think both, both sides come with storytelling. Like, when you go to your restaurant... You, at the playground, you have really good waiters that tell you. No, I, I mean, yeah, no, I'm not you know complaining I mean? on that front. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, it's still. But I get you. It's still the modern day of, you know, yeah, like I get it. It's just I didn't think it was worth it, you know. Like, yeah, and it's yeah, like, yeah. Well, especially on a dish like that. Yeah. That is, you are buying products, not technique. Right. You know, and like, okay, if we put four times the amount of soy sauce on there, then we should have. Okay, maybe that's our fault, right? But if you get nicely dressed tuna <coughs> with re beautiful soy sauce and wasabi, and you don't like it at that point, that's really hard to blame on us, you know? Yeah. Uh, what's What's the challenge in you, or do you even have an interest in doing quick service and trying to fix that quality? You know, I put like a year of my life into the 4th Street Market and uh, the three fast service concepts that we wanted to do. And, you know, we worked so hard to get 
to a price point that we felt was really comfortable that you know people could afford and people would also at the same time inherently understand the quality of what they were ordering and we were repeatedly battled down batted down you know it was like a heartbreaking experience to sit there and go i don't want to serve food at this price point because you show me one other restaurant in the world that is serving five ounces of 100 percent wagyu beef for nine dollars yeah anyone yeah and that's what we were doing we had to buy thousands of pounds of beef for six month contracts ahead of time to get to this price point it was like took so much work to find the right right purveyor all this stuff and people were like rather go to in and out and don't get me wrong in and out is the staple of the burger right but when you're going to a place called wagyu chuck and someone has spent literally a year trying to get you a nine dollar price point for this and you go yeah it's too expensive Holy shit! Yeah, that's got that's got to be heartbreaking. That that take that takes the fucking wind right out of your sails, man. Yeah, location, that, location though. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, location. that listen, like, I'm not saying that that's the point either, right? Because at the same time, you're getting you're getting feedback. We had enough people that went there because it was our burger, outside of the fact of, of the location, right? I mean, like, you know, before we sit there and and you could put any blame towards it, mm. we had so many people going there, anyways, and that you know the amazing I, Yelp. Um, bump when you first open a restaurant you're gonna get 5,000 people coming of course yeah you guaranteed you, you get that you get that 5,000 and whatever you do with that it defines the, how your business is gonna go that's your weird sample size that you get you get it for free just yeah. because you open yeah you know because people get a little, little whoop, hot yeah. new place hot open new. you know yeah. and and like just from that so because there's something with the price point because but my, my point is that at that point those when we got those complaints that was in that time not in the location, not when the location yeah, the place yeah, for it. Yeah, yeah. You know? I love the, I thought it was a great burger. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, and, and, and you know, for that, for that price point, I mean, I don't think you can do be a lot better, you know, like that, that's really, uh, you know, we're really happy with it too. And handmade bun, hand-pressed patty. It's just like, this should have been, it could have been $20. Yeah. You know, it could have. Yeah. And here we are just like, trying to frankly be the good guys. Yeah. And offer this. And whole whole fried chicken for sixteen dollars. Fucking eight pieces of fried chicken, yeah. sixteen dollars. Oh, crazy expensive. I mean, so for people who don't know, Jason opened three different single, almost single item concepts. Uh, I mean, they each kind had of. they each had uh, you know we had three different types of fried chicken. We had several different sides. We had bur the burgers was the closest to. I mean, let's Some, be real. Our intention was to replicate In and Out. Right. I mean, that is the gold standard of that lunchtime hamburger. Yeah. And is that the best burger in the world? It is is it's probably the best for, American cheeseburger in the world. I mean, like for that category, it absolutely slays. And at that price, it doesn't people, touch people, anybody. People are always going to compare it to the price point. You, it doesn't you, touch. You, you sure, utilize the, you utilize Actually, the word in out. Fuck it. I've eaten. We've all eaten at amazing places all yeah, around the world, no. and, and, and in and out still. Stacks. There, there's so like, many times that I've had great burgers at places that if you say, "Hey, you in the mood for the Danielle Blue burger right now?" I'd be like. Holy shit! With the foie gras and the, and the yeah. truffle and the short rib in the center, no yeah. man, I, I can't do it right now. But you go, hey, hey, we just brought in and out. It's, it's right over here. Do you want one? I'm always gonna fucking have a burger. Yeah. Always. There's always room in the crevice. There's always. Well, I mean, I can always eat a double double. Yeah. Always. Right. And it's like, it's just. I guess maybe it's like uh, where we grew up. Right. I mean, sure. Like, that, like, I think that tribute. Maybe. It. But yeah. I mean, that being said, like I did the Shake Shack. Shake Shack's good too. It's fine. Shake Shack's it's good fine too. in comparison to In and Out. It's, it's, I think Shake Shack's it's an adequate which is better than their burger. Okay, yeah, but but that's that's the thing. It's sure. like, and, and Danny Meyer's the man. So I'm not sitting here saying that I know more and I and he sh he did any mistake. But In and Out's great because they do one 
everything perfectly. You know, they, they're mm -hmm. just so streamlined. As soon as you bring in the mushroom patty, the chicken burger, the thing, yeah. you just, you, your maximum level of quality just goes down like one hair because right. of confusion, you know. I absolutely fucking hate the build your own concept. Oh, to God. the max, I hate it. So Slater's 50-50, I mean, that's why they're go like. They're, they're, they're tanking right Yeah, they're not, they're not doing a great selling, job I think they're there. selling it. Yeah, I, I, there went. There's a couple register articles about you know what's happening with yeah. the ownership, but all, ownership aside, I think build your own for me is 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 dead. I mean, going out and that and that capacity, like give me the option, give an idiot an option to put peanut butter and jelly on their burger. They're not going to do it right. Yeah, because they're also going to see pickles and then they're going to put all that's, that shit. That's together. exactly like the point I was going to make when you like went. Yogurt when I went to the counter. <laughs> yeah. When I went to the counter, um, you sit there and you get like three or four options already with your base price, you yeah. know? So even if you want two, you're like, well, shit, I already paid for two more. Like, I'll just get this one and this one. Yeah. And the hard part is like, if you don't like your burger there, you messed up, right? You flavored yeah. it. Now, but they gave you the option to flavor too weirdly or too much or whatnot. And people blame that place in the, right. same, in the same sense. Why would you ever put, I mean, for them, they're still putting themselves out there at risk. Like yeah. you, you essentially, you created whatever, 100 million combinations. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, they're putting themselves out there. I always fuck up my Slater's 50-50 build your own burger order. I never get it right. Some people still love it though. I, I guess, yeah. I mean, the, but, but the idea is. in the yogurt front, like you're putting it on, right? So if you yeah, just want two gummy like, bears, you put two gummy bears. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's not like you order it, it comes out and it says gummy bears. Got it. So back to pokey. Back to pokey. Back to pokey. So how do you, all right, one, how did you settle on the price point? The price four point. Fifth, it's four dollars and fifty cents for a beautiful. I, I I can't say how it tastes. I everyone on Instagram says it tastes dope. Uh, all I know is it looks beautiful. Yeah. So for four fifty, you get a beautiful looking sushi donut. But we didn't want to. We don't want to feel like people are getting overcharged for that because it wasn't that big and it's not a sit down restaurant. So that's sure. You're not getting that type of experience. Sure. So everything's focused on this little shape. Yeah. So we yeah, charge yeah. any more, and that's gonna. Back, there's gonna probably be a big backlash on it. And well, then at the end of the day, you're tying the name donut to it, so a donut by design shouldn't, be, shouldn't be too expensive. That being said, a sushi roll, the expected price is like easily eight to twelve dollars, yep. right? Easily, right. you know, people could sit there and you know, you go see these places and they can have like twenty dollar rolls, yep, yeah. So, I mean, you know, and obviously that's its own whole problem, but yeah. What questions do you have about Pokey Costa? Like, building around. Isn't the whole concept of pokey. Yeah, Pokey, the whole build your own, Pokey in general is crazy right well, now. Pokey here is build your own. Hawaii, that's, that's not the case. You wouldn't be in Hawaii, to... you just go to the, what is you it, get food land? Food and, land. Get, and you just go to the supermarket and you, you pick it up. You get rice and you get fish and that's, that's, that's it. Oh my God. I spent a week in Hawaii doing the dumbest shit. All day I was eating. All week I would just go to different hotel restaurants and eat sushi and eat Pokey, right? You'd order it, it comes like this and it comes like that. And then on the taxi ride home, the cab driver asked how our trip was. And I was like, I had a bunch of pokey. And he was like, did you go to Foodland? And that's how he talked. Did you go to Foodland? And I was like, no. This dude peeled off and made me go into Foodland and buy a pound of pokey for like nine bucks. It was amazing. And, that, and it was the best pokey I had all the time, the entire trip there. And that's fucked up. It was so damn good. But yeah, it's not build your own. It's just, it's. You either get the marinated or the, the unmarinated, and then you just get it. Um, but seeing it here in California, it's I feel like the pokey spots are a dime a dozen. 
it's it crazy. Right there's gonna be a there's gonna be a bubble burst of it. There's just it too is. many. It's like, New York. it's like the next yogurt again. It's like the next yogurt like yeah. explosion. And then when does it stop? Like how how many how much? Well, how at this point, at this point, people should stop opening new ones. Yeah, it's already a convenience factory now for people. Yeah, and the ones that are in the bad locations are probably gonna hurt a lot worse than. And honestly, like not even hurt their own business, but like hurt this fucking planet because. That is like such a waste of the fish at the end of a, a pokey place's life. You know, sitting there on frozen diced tuna that's been rubbed with all sorts of, you know, anti-oxidation uh, coloring agents and whatnot. And it's like, dude, we pulled out beautiful fish for this. Yeah. And that's all, tuna's already a species of fish that, you know, crazy sad is uh, a tuna can lay like one million eggs and from that four tunas can make it to adulthood. Right, what? I mean, it's just like a very, very low rate of uh, making, you know, new generations. And, you know, the uh, I went bluefin tuna fishing one time, right? And yeah. I and I had mentioned to everyone that if they're under 60 pounds, we should throw them back. And I kind of got laughed at because, um, you know, the common logic is that when a tuna comes onto the boat, it has really given everything it has and it dies very quickly after. So if you were to throw it back, okay, you're giving that protein back to the ocean, but at the end of the day, that fish is dead. Yeah. So, you know, we're sitting there pulling up these 30-pounders, 30 35-pounders, and I'm sitting there going, well, fuck, I just did that, you know? And obviously, like, line-caught fish is not the enemy. At the end of the day, it's the, like, the big troll trolling uh, boats that catch all of the tuna. Yeah. You know? And to be fair, like, it's a bummer to me, as a person who loves tuna, who loves fish, that this fad right now is a huge factor in that fishing. Is there any way this fad could be positive? Outside of, I think there's some, okay, some the innovation fact, The happening? fact that like, the only upside for me about pokey is this, is this idea that, you know, when you go to sushi in the most traditional American sense, you are getting a, you know, dare I say cream cheesy roll, a spicy tuna thing, you know? And people are sitting there and they're, and they're tempura, they're tempura or whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are going, oh my God, I love sushi. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's that's a real fucking thing. Yo. That is a real fucking thing, right? Yo, let's just let's just get that out of the open. And 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 so the only thing that is good for me about the pokey thing is like now people are actually eating decent sized chunks of raw fish and going, this is enjoying for me. Right. Right. Because I mean, you know, one of the restaurants that I own, the one that I cook at the most, is an omakase restaurant. You show up. There's 18 seats. You get whatever the fuck we're serving, and we're right there in front of you. You know, so if you are going to be, dare I say, kind of a bitch and not try something that the people who you've paid to cook for you worked very hard to make, and it's because oh no no no, I just don't like raw fish. Okay, well, people like that going on the out because of the rise of pokey. That's a silver lining I can see. Yeah. And to be fair, like, you know, Bear Flag, for me, I love the pokey that Bear Flag has. Now, I love it because they catch those fucking fish, they cut them up, they put them right there. Like, that is awesome. You know, right. and, and I've, I haven't been to your spot, Andy. I actually, I, you know, I'm not, <laughs> not making any claims about that one. But um, anyway, like... Andy's out there every morning catching it. For me, for me, like, what I'm getting at is, like, <laughs> that they're using the whole fish, you know, they're, they're using yeah. that whole thing, and that's, and that's great. Um, you, are you raising your hand, Rich? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm... I'm saying, would you so would you stand behind that hot take that poke fat is ruining the fishing industry? No, I'm not trying to fucking make a headline right here. I'm just saying that for <laughs> me, yeah. one asshole, right? I'm not speaking along the entire thing. I'm saying that it is scary to me how much fish could be wasted at the end or at the burst of the pokey fad bubble, right? That's that's what I'm getting at. You know, you start to you start to create this demand, so you start to get these products and like. 
I'm not saying that, that Andy's place is like this, but you know places are using frozen diced fish, right? Yeah. You know that that's a fucking thing. So that means there's not this fear of perishability. That means we can catch all the fucking tuna right now, rub it with a bunch of chemicals, get it in a fucking five-pound frozen bag, IQF freeze it, put it in an 80-degree blast chiller, and wait until they need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, the demand right now... First of all, let's be real. Tuna is a thing on its way out anyways. Why That's, is that? Oh, my God. I, even if every person in America stopped eating tuna right now, the love of raw fish is just now picking up in China. The, the frankly, let's just say, lack of disregard for the Earth's resources that the Chinese have shown to have given medicine and whatnot, and their love of raw fish and their money, we're already screwed, you know? Uh, so we're running into an issue of not enough it is, tuna. And, 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 and like, it is, it is in Japan's heritage to eat red flesh fish. They will keep eating it forever, and that's not a knock. I mean, if anyone deserves it, it's them. They're the ones who treasure it the most. Yeah. You know, I mean, they're not, they're not you know, stuffing it inside a roll of tempura, battering it, and frying it. Right. But it is a, it's going out. I mean, we, 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 trout is the food fish of the future. Trout can be farmed at a rate that we can eat it. There you go. Now, poke means diced, diced. raw fish. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's like, so, so But let's be honest, the, the, the main majority, pokey is right. tuna. Right, and then right. salmon, right? Okay, right, those are yeah. two. Now, salmon, we can farm quick and fast and put out a very subpar, mediocre product that's affordable at all, at all price brackets. But tuna, you cannot do that. There's only a couple places in the world that can farm tuna where they'll actually reproduce in captivity. So that's a dangerous part. It's an absolutely part. dangerous part. But, but you can't feel bad that too much damage is already done. It's already. It's already. It's, it's, it's already, already started. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's no question. Twenty years will be blown away if there's tuna in twenty years. Yeah. Quick stat: uh, U.S. imports of tuna down six percent in the past half year, down to thirty-two thousand uh, seven hundred tons. So in the past half year, tuna tuna imports are down six percent. Down six percent in the U.S. So they're down six percent in the U.S. I wonder if. If that's because just the availability is down, or are we just not demanding enough? That is actually a, a factor that that set doesn't yeah. indicate, is if that's due to lack of popularity or lack of supply. Yeah, demand on canned and processed has been the biggest thought hit. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I think yeah. that people are starting to realize that tuna tastes a whole lot better <laughs> raw or barely cooked and dressed with something beautifully salty and acidic yeah. than fucking pressure cooked with olive oil in a tin can. I do like the badass value that it gives because I've had friends that are really basic eaters and they wouldn't touch they wouldn't touch sushi with, with a 10 There's a good pole. point there too because someone does go and they can get at a low price point a 9 to $12 pokey experience, enjoy 2 to 4 ounces of raw fish, and then come to a restaurant like mine and go, wow, what is tuna otoro? You know, like, yeah. let's, let's try this. Yeah. And, uh, and then they get it and go, wow, okay, like I've loved all levels of this product. You yeah. Know? And I, I'd have a mediocre palate that I, I'd admit to any day. And I've, you know, I started off on the cheapest of sushi, just Tokyo Cafe in the Orange Circle. Like this is a place, it's basically California rolls with different toppings. Yeah. And, but what, what that allowed me to do and then all the pokey places allowed me to really, I loved the flavors and I appreciated the cost of the different styles of tuna and just allowing me to learn along the process. So I think that actually helped me like having that many pokey options in Southern California recently has like, I watched my other friends who would never touch sushi start on a bowl. Cause it, for some reason the bowl format helped them out. Yeah. 
And you know, the, the, frankly, it's like great for the food industry for people to understand the love of raw fish, but like that is just worse for the state of the ocean, you know, which I mean, like it's hard to feel like too responsible at this moment because like, you know, we already are, are in so deep. Yeah. Uh, and it's, you know, we'll still be fine at the end of our lives, but like, you know, I just had a kid. He's probably not going to enjoy tuna. No, you know, not really. Chopped. Do you think that's yeah, realistic that your kid may never taste no, I mean, tuna? No, I mean, is I, that how fast this is going to happen? No, I don't think that's the case. They can eat solid foods at six months. You know what I mean? Like, so you're going to slide <laughs> that fish a, right in. No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and I don't even know if that fact is true. So if that's a bad parenting tip, don't, don't take that from me. <laughs> My wife's in control of what this baby eats, you know. But um, anyway, uh, yeah, I do think that's a real thing that uh, that that tuna's on its way out for sure. That's scary. How do you? Okay, so what's next, Andy, for for Project Pokey? So when you you you're in like what the first couple weeks after the sushi donut drops? Week and a half now. Week and a half since it dropped. Yeah, I think so. And And eighty million in a week and a half. Eighty million views on this on these videos. What? How do you, as a company, what do you do next? Right now, we're trying to trying to keep up, trying to streamline it a little better. Uh, it's it's a bit out of control. Labor, it's like as I mentioned earlier, it's really labor intensive. It takes a lot of time to to craft each one. So we're trying to just work on the process, make sure it gets a little settled down before we figure out the next steps. Right. So I mean, right now it's like a, an hour wait, and then they they put in the order. Is that is that how like uh, how last week waited? last weekend when they were ordering there they had to wait about an hour to get the to get one. Jeez. From when they ordered, from or after from they ordered, from after they ordered, after the line, after waiting in line already. So that is my absolute nightmare. It's a being in, the, being in that in that cook situation, like yeah. I've been in that situation a couple times, and it's just you know you sit there and pray for death, like you know you're that behind, and you just turn around, and you see these people's just eyes, just like where's my fucking sushi donut? You know, give it to me now. We can't, but we can't, we can't, we didn't, we can't predict that it was gonna be like that. You just, we never, you know, we 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 have high hopes, of course, but you. You never know it's going to be that crazy. I mean, what would you have done different even if you had known the future? That would have been, it's, it's I mean. Pre- it's, pre- it's pretty tough because the space, you know, that space isn't meant to serve that many people. Yeah, how, how big? How many are you serving a day? A day right now? Yeah. Uh, this, this whole weekend, like 500 plus each day. Oh, my God. That's crazy. And that's not including ordering everything else. Like right, right. There's a whole other menu. Yeah, I think that's what people yeah, yeah. So they're ordering, like, the, they're ordering that and a bowl or they're ordering a sushi donut and a sushi burrito and a burrito or a masubi. And yeah. Yeah. So, that just like, why do you think your sushi donut has has kind of reached a level of popularity that the others haven't so far? Because there's there's literally another there's literally another sushi donut place called California Sushi Donut that, <laughs> that I feel they came by our office. They're real dope dudes, um, but I, I mean I just haven't seen the views or the social engagement that is coming out of Project Pokey. Good timing, yeah. us behind it, the team mm-hmm. that's, you know, we've had su- success before, so people are familiar, it's like, a, we're like a trusted brand, mm-hmm. so I guess people are willing to, to talk about it and write about it more. Who, that, someone, someone ripped the fat one in here? That wasn't me. <laughs> Just toot it and boot it, Andy. <laughs> you little leaky guts, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Just uh, t- timing, May 6, eight months ago, if I released it, it probably wouldn't have been the same effect, it's just... So everything happens for a reason, yeah, exactly. maybe they... That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, so how do you top a sushi donut? What's next? What's you know, we gotta go back to the drawing board again. We'll see what happens. Oh man, what's your yeah? What's up, Reed? I got a question about like you know how you're putting out bangers. Like people think on the outside, it's so easy to come up with just a shower thought of a 
uh, one item that will make a restaurant, but, you know, is there anyone you can tell, that you can tell the public how hard it is instead of how easy it is? Just it's it's not, it's not easy. It takes a long time and a lot of R&D and a lot of testing, uh, making sure you price it well, making sure it tastes right, making sure you can streamline it. It's, it's a combination of all that, or else you'd be waiting, like I said, you're waiting an hour, and that just ruins the experience for... Anyone can make one good thing one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Mic drop it? <laughs> I don't know whether to mic drop it yeah. or, right. or just slap this mic because it's sitting on the table. Yeah. Um, that's insane. That's insane. Um, damn. So, I feel visually... Do you ever run into that problem? Does your fo- does your food photo well? How do you feel about that? How do you um, feel about people talking about your food on the internet? Holy shit! Uh, this day and age, it's a reality that you don't you don't have a choice with. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to be in if you want to be popular in the food business, people have to be talking about it. It's that simple, you know. Yeah. Um, and you know, you get to ask yourself, what reason do I want to be talked about? And uh, yeah, I mean, what I don't love about the photography is you know, people who are coming in, and frankly, like, I, I'm a shitty photographer, and I post 0.0% of my pictures, right? That's, I'm, like, criminally underactive on Instagram, it's because I hate all the pictures I take. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and frankly, like, I feel like as soon as we put on the plate, like, my interest is get it to the fucking guest, like, not right. not sit there and get the right lighting for it, and, like, if you suffer 30 seconds of hotness on the plate because I was getting the right Instagram picture, like, I don't think that's the way that I would want to be treated at a restaurant, so that's not what I'm going to do to you and uh so obviously when people take a great picture and post it us you're like hey like keep doing keep doing that that was awesome but like if i'm a person of my quality of picture taking is like went to this great place and just looks like absolute dog shit you're like well uh maybe just like a maybe just like a written review could have been better like you know you know what i mean like honestly right like everyone everyone's cool with that like that's not i'm not i'm not shitting on anybody but but like if if you're an amateur food photographer and you're and you're not good at it, you know, or or you're a very casual photographer, can actually if, hurt the baby. If it doesn't, yeah, I mean, like, because you know, and th- that being said, if someone sees a picture of a place and goes, that that's gross, and that's my friend Thomas, and Thomas the shit photographer, I'm not going to that place. Okay, man, like, we can we can survive without you. Yeah. But like, you know, please don't do that either. You know, please don't look at a picture that we didn't provide that someone took with bad lighting. It with a shaky phone camera <laughs> yeah. and be like that place food looks like it sucks I think I think it's fascinating that a few <laughs> the other precisely thing, the other thing that bums me out is when people sacrifice like the in, initial quality of that thing by take the photo. by doing like the, the you know if you go like click and then you start eating right away like I don't really have a problem with that but there are times that we make food like okay everyone had, everyone in this room has had a Xiaolong bao yeah, a soup dumpling? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about, right? Yeah, everyone? Yeah, everyone yeah, yeah. Yep. Brayden? You fucking <laughs> white piece of shit, dude. Let me tell you. <laughs> everyone here sure is cultured. <laughs> We're the only white dudes. The Asians and, and you yeah. haven't. Yeah, right. Anyway, you've been. Shelling Bao? Reach? Time. Reach? Okay. So anyway, if you eat that two minutes after it drops, you are getting 5% of the deliciousness of if you eat that thing in the first 10 seconds that it drops. It needs to be right? piping. Right? It needs to be piping. Everyone's with yeah. me? Everyone's yeah, yeah, with me? Yeah. Everyone's shaking their head. Everyone except for... It's also not a pretty thing to take a photo of, Except for fucking white Brayden over here. Unless you get the, the colored <laughs> ones. He's an Asian food, Brayden. Oh, God damn Colored ones. Right? The colored ones. The people try to shoot that one. I, see, I did see the colored ones the on... What do you mean, colored ones? Do you like the rainbow? Like the different color, different flavor at each one? Oh, the dumplings. Okay, yeah. all, all, all I'm getting at is like, 
That is not something you should sit there and take three yeah. minutes to get a good picture of. And frankly, like, if you're taking a picture of a salad, okay, maybe you can sit there and take your time. When you're eating, like, a hot piece of Wagyu beef that, like, has this one minute where it's an absolute magic melt in your mouth, and you take three minutes to take a picture of it, and you go, you know, it's kind of dry. Like, I don't know. I mean, that makes sense. If somebody's taking a picture for like five minutes and they, they don't like the dish, yeah, yeah, you know that, what I mean? That's a problem that I have with it as well. Yeah. But that's not the, on the, yeah. And frankly, sometimes those are the people who take the best pictures. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, you know what's what I mean? funny well, is the Yelp, the Yelp reviewers who put up pictures of cold food. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, this shit was cool. And, and, and especially, like, that, like the other thing that's brutal is, like, especially at 2.0, where I explain the dish to people, it's so funny how much of the time the pictures are nothing what I just described to them. Oh, you know what I mean? They're, right, like, they're not even they're, listening yeah, yeah. to you. Well, no, I think they are. I just think, and frankly, like, to their credit, like, we do 15 to 25 dishes. Like, yeah. you know, I don't blame you. I mean, you're not supposed to know every fucking detail of them. But, like, <laughs> if you're posting it, like, this is the great dish I had, and you're saying it's something it's not, I'm like, oh, please don't do that, you know? I probably called your duck menu... The PB and J or something. Just the way they translate. Probably. Oh, you're you're definitely one of the worst in this fact. You're, you're, have you seen your food pictures? They suck. You flipped. He flipped this. I forget what meal you were making. I think you were like pumping your own night, right? sausages or something. You flipped what you told me was a condom. Wow. At my face. Oh, that was the gooey duck skin, dude. Yeah. yeah. He well, to, he said that I wouldn't know what a condom looks like, which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> it is fair. That I'm was not the saying you don't game. get laid. I'm just saying you don't use them. <laughs> oh, okay. All ladies beware. <laughs> Speaking I know of this raw for fish. a fact. Raw. <laughs> Eli likes raw. raw. Fish. <laughs> oh my goodness! What were we talking about before that we cut off? Oh, you cut us off. I, I always cut off. I always cut off. Even taking pictures of cold food. Taking pictures of cold food. I mean, I think it's it's interesting to see. Does it ruin culture or not? I think it does ruin culture. Unfortunately, the thing I always crack up about is when I see four people at the same table take the same picture, and I'm like, just nominate one person and make a shared group. Like, but they don't want to give the photo cred. Yeah. You might as well get your own. That's that's the problem. You might as well. That's the problem here that we have. Really? No, a hundred percent. Holy shit! Why do you think that just shows exactly how horrible people are. You know how much better it would be if one person stood up on the on the table and then the other three lit it, but they don't want to share the photo cred. Oh my god! Team Come on, cred. Jason. Well, team let's, cred. Let's talk about the good side of all this stuff. Remember, oh, food is at, it's at its peak right now. It's like, it, it is. It is. It is. I think that's the social crazy. side because that's the last like that's the last thing people can do. Like the last few things that people can actually go get away from their phones and hang out and talk. Sure, yeah. and, and that's funny like, when they thing. don't do it. Yes, when it's also funny when yeah. they don't do it. So yeah, of all the negative, it's, stu- it's still, still super positive. After you put the phone down, it is one of the first. I mean, if you're at a good dinner with good people and you're actually looking at across the table and enjoying it, I mean, that's one of the more like. It doesn't matter how much money you have or don't have. Like that's that's a that's just that's a joy. It's, it's in our nature, man. I yeah. mean, that's 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 you know, the entire time we've been people, we've been eating together over shared fires and shared tables, and you know, it's there was I had people at, at two point. I hate to keep bringing it up, but it was amazing that we two point is a restaurant that Jason no, 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 owns. We, we have people. We have, people <laughs> we have we have we have communal plating for every three guests, regardless of if you know each other. Yeah. Right. And two girls in the same party, they're like, you know, we put a shared dish between them. She goes, well, what if I don't know her? And her friend goes, then meet her. And like, that is for me, like exactly what everyone needs to be doing when we're going out to eat, when we're doing that, because it's just such a primal desire, need, whatever that we have. And, you know, when people are going out more than ever before, Andy said it right. Food is. You got to see her point of view. Sexually transmitted diseases are a real thing and they happen over plates and forks. Am I right? Uh, I mean, that don't, scary don't get no? that sherry, but I mean, meet the people <laughs> that are sitting next from? to you at the, meet the people sitting next no, to you at the bar, meet the people sitting next to you at the, at the table, you know what I mean? Like, cause what's the point of going out to eat? Yeah. 
you know, everyone goes, I want to meet somebody. I want to meet somebody. I'm not talking about dating even, but like meeting other human beings. Food is the best thing we have to bond over. Yeah. You know, and sports, right? But sometimes they can be in conjunction at the same time. <laughs> the best place is to do both. Yeah. You even have a TV at your place now. Yeah, well, right? we, we always well, you have, do? but we, you always, to be fair, if I could do it again, I, we wouldn't. But You we, wouldn't put TVs in no, there. No, Why? Because no. people are looking up and not um, looking at your food? No, I just think, like, to be fair, it causes more of, like, a commotion a lot of the times. Like, hey, can you guys put this game on? Can you put this game on? Uh, and, like, okay, what channel is it? They're like, well, we don't know. And, you know, we got to sit there and, and, and fuck with it through the, through the middle of the service to, to make somebody happy and... Right, and that you doesn't know, make anyone happy. No, make everyone like, happy. You know, you're you like, what do you want to have the TV for? So you can show the fucking election. So you can show the debates. Like, no, you know, you want to have it so that like, if someone's eating out and it's like game seven, like they they don't yeah. have to miss it or something. Or the like League that. of Legends tournament. <laughs> that was a, the next thing I was gonna say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you got it, man. Um, well, that's uh, the sushi donut. Anything else we want to talk about the sushi donut? No, I thought we were talking about hot Cheetos. Hey, hot Cheetos. <laughs> Hot Cheetos, when is that trend going to die? I don't, people love Hot Cheetos, though. So I, I don't think it'll ever die. It's, it's, it's like it's, Oreos. It's, it's bringing... Oreos. Yeah, it's it's this idea of shit that we used to enjoy as children, and we were somehow incorporating it into one-off items now. The same shit, over and over and over and over. Which we cover all of them, but... Jason's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't get me wrong. Like, like, we've done stupid shit, too, you know? I mean, we have, um, you know? And, and everyone, everyone could do whatever they want. Yeah, sometimes I don't care. it gets I don't people through the door to try something different. Yeah. You, know, you don't have to order one thing. If you do, that's, that's, that's your a, that's, fault. That's a really good point. That does help a lot of businesses. Try, you, know, you come in and you try the rest of the menu. Right. Because you're not going to go there and just try one thing if you are then. That's your fault. That's your fault. That's your fault as a You're consumer. not getting to experience everything else. Right. But is it our job as both restaurateurs and media to show the other things on the menu? That's up to you. That's, that's up to you, right? I mean, yeah. How do you how do you get that? They're they're just as visible as the other ones, you know. The other one just has is the reason someone's going somewhere, you know. This mm-hmm. is not a casual walk-in encounter. This is a premeditated journey that most likely one person said, "Hey, let's go do this on Thursday," and then they get together and they go drive over there, and it's an experience that they have together. The first time they waited in line, had a sushi donut, talked about what they thought of it, and and left. You know, that's they and and of course they Instagrammed it or Snapchatted it or whatever. Yeah. And now that's a memory. Yeah. You know, so that it, that's why people are going. So it's hard, you know, to convince somebody, hey, while you're here, like, also try the whole rest of the menu. It's great, too. You know? Yeah. It's, it's like a lot to ask for someone to even come to your place in the first in the first, uh, first place. What are people doing in line for an hour and a half? Chit-chatting. Talking, Just chit-chatting? Talking about it. Waiting, getting waiting for that. Probably talking about the next place, the dessert they're going to eat next. It's almost like sneaker culture at this point. There is definitely this, like, checklist that people want to like, oh yeah, no, I've had that, I've had that, yeah. I've had that, I've had that. Remember, so like, and I came from that culture before, and it's just applied to the yeah, food. Yeah, yeah, that's what's that's what's interesting is like there's these hour hour and a half lines of kids, just I don't know, not kids, adults, everyone waiting in line as if there was a sneaker drop. I mean, there's there's a if you pass by it and you're not either familiar with the restaurant or anything, you're just like, why the hell yeah. would anyone wait an hour and a half for anything? Like, let alone the best thing in the world. Um, that's I think that's a culture that's really interesting that's happening right now. I don't remember, I don't think I'm old enough to really have that gamut, but is there any other, is this phenomenon of waiting hour and a half, two hours for food new? Especially so. for one concept, like a concept item. Franklin's. In, 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 Franklin's Bar- in Southern yeah. California. Yeah. In Southern California. I mean, maybe, you know. In New York, it's like everywhere right now. Like I was yeah. just there in November and everywhere I went, there's lines for everything. Like, Hour waits for, I mean, for maybe the, the bang cookies and everything every single day. 
the Singapore hawker stand is probably the best proof that that still exists and it has probably for quite a while there because, you know, you have like four or five chicken rice places in one little hawker center and then there's one that has the big line. People go, okay, no, this is the best one. Yeah. And they're willing to wait for it. You know, yeah, it's and, like a sick line culture. You see it at all our festivals that are happening. It's always been a thing, though. You yeah. know, there's always been that allure of if you're walking up to three options and one of them has a line. That must be good. That must be good. Why would people do this? Thought they gave out free chicken rice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there something free at the end of the always? Let's see here. Oh, uh, that's fascinating. Cool. Anything else? Good. Good. Best. That's wild. All right, guys. Well. Uh, Thank you both for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having us. And uh, that was the Sushi Donut, guys. Most uh, trendy thing on foodbeast.com and the interwebs this week. Thanks, Food Hands Beast. down. <laughs> In the entire world. Thank you, Food Beast. Thank you, BuzzFeed. <laughs> um, anyways, guys, uh, make sure to subscribe to this uh, podcast channel, I think. And YouTube, if this hits there. <laughs> and SoundCloud, if it's there. So convincing. BoopTube. And, uh, I think, maybe. Go, go eat at Jason's Restaurant, Playground, DTSA. Um, ask for the burger. It's going to be that. great. <laughs> it's going to be complimentary. Um, the first hundred customers. Um, we don't have customers. We have guests. First hundred guests. Um, and then all of Project Pokey and Afters Ice Cream is going to be completely free as well. For free. the next. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. But uh, go, go check out... Uh, all of Andy's concepts. Uh, what's your What's your Instagram and everything? I hate I hate trying to pronounce it because it's long. How do you pronounce your last name? It's It's normally Win, but it's like Nguyen, Nguyen. No, no, teachers have butchered it like throughout the years. How, what's, what's What's the proper bring Bring culture back into this? What's it's Win, like, like Win, like winning, like Win. <laughs> it is like that. Win, it like is winning. No, I get it. I get it. You're laughing at my last name. I get it. <laughs> it's real. It's real. And then Jason, what's your Instagram? At Playground DTSA. That's what's up. Anything new coming up? Uh, on the Instagram, probably yeah, not. On the Instagram. <laughs> Pictures of Jason my fucking kid hot, and my dog. Hot Cheetos and... Burger at Playground. <laughs> yeah. New Hot Cheetos Burger? Yeah, I don't think so. What's the What's the packaged food you've used at Playground, just to sign off? You ever use a packaged package food? Yeah. Uh, corn nuts, dude. I like them a lot, actually. Okay. Yeah, corn nuts are great. They're such a great texture. They make people love dishes that they wouldn't think they'd like. Hmm. Um, God, I'm, we've, we, I mean, every once in a while, we, we get like a wild hair up our ass and end up doing something that like we regret the... One of the funniest things is we had a guy wanted to cook his death row meal, and he made a chicken soft taco from Del Taco, like his second course. And he went to Del Taco, and he asked for some wrappers, because he was going to, like, wrap his buddy's car up as a bachelorette party, a bachelor party joke. And he brought the, the wrappers, and we fucking made the taco, folded up in the wrapper, and just dropped it on the table. Was our, no. Yeah, it was cool. But that, but that's, like, as far as we'll go, probably. Got it. Using wrappers from other places. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> We've only done it one time. <laughs> yeah, only once, so if you're offended, don't sue us. Oh, shit. All right, guys. Well, thanks again for coming. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, this new podcast. And um, maybe we'll do it next week. Who knows? We're going to definitely do it next week. So the week. thing you subscribe to may or may not exist <laughs> next week. No, it really does exist. It's definitely it's worth gonna, your clicking. It's going <laughs> to happen again. Bye. <laughs>